When he turned his back from shoulder to shoulder, it looked like as wide as the tailgate of a truck. And this darkness, literal darkness, just came like all over, just, just all over me except where I was standing. This thing let out the most blood-curdling, mind-blowing, spine-tingling scream that you've ever heard in your life, and it cut through me like a knife. And I knew that they were going to take me. I just knew it. And then the next thing I can remember is being levitated. Well, when I look in there, uh, I see two big eyes staring back at me. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for the believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. Join us, and we'll go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. Hey there, believers. I got a great episode today. I tried to do it, you know, like a pre recorded intro before I spoke to Gary, but it was such a good episode that I thought I'm scrapping my intro and I'm starting fresh after we talk because Gary is with the Australian Yowie Research Group. Okay. And they're the ones that have that incredible thermal image that just has been making its way around the world on the internet for the last year, year and a half. Incredible. Hard to dispute footage. Um, I don't really know how we could dispute it. But again, incredible. But the pictures that he sent me, he describes these he describes it in our interview. He goes over everything. Um the the evidence that these guys have collected with photographs and video it's unreal. And the stories that he's going to talk to you about are just the tip of the iceberg. Gary was so much fun to talk to. Um, you got to watch the video. And for those on Patreon, I'm, I'm putting together all of the photos and the videos. I'm compiling them and I'm sharing them with everybody on Patreon. Um, you you got to watch it. You got to see it. It's unbelievable. Um, even the, even the story he tells, ah, well, just remember the the pig. Remember remember me talking about the pig. It'll be shown on Patreon. He's got proof of everything he talks about. So I'll, I'll shut up. You guys are going to love this episode. Uh, my buddies down there in Australia, Adam, Rod, I hope you guys enjoy this. There's going to be a, a hopefully a series of these videos uh, of, of these episodes talking to Gary because he's just got so much more to talk about and he's got some surprises that you're going to hear for the first time ever. It's not even on their white website or anything yet. He's going, He talks about some stuff that's coming up that'll blow your mind. Hi, how you doing, mate? My, my name's Gary Lynn uh, from Australian Yowie Research. Uh, founded roughly about 27 years ago. We are the number one contact in the world for Yowie sightings and encounters. Awesome. Fantastic. Um, well, with Australian Yowie Research, um, you have a, a website too, right? Yowiehunters.com? Is that correct, mate? That's the one. All right, sweet. Um, 
like I said before we started recording officially, I've you know I've been in contact with you off and on. You sent me some uh, some pictures and stuff like that that we're going to get into. I hope, but you got a lot of fans. Like I know there's a couple guys in Australia that email me or they'll message on every YouTube video and they they talk about what you do. And so I'm excited to have you on here to talk about what you do. And I've seen the thermal images. Um, it's been all over like the travel channel, um, discovery channel and stuff. Like it's worldwide. And to talk about the Yowie, I think, uh, I think it, it's getting more attention in this last couple of years than I've than I ever imagined it would. Like it's, like you guys are on the brink of actually closing the case on this, I, I think. How do you feel about it? Well, I appreciate it, mate. Uh, very, very kind words of you to say. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, we, I mean, in all honesty, mate, look, we, we spent that many hours out of the bush and out in the forest uh, going to these places where these, these yowies may be calling home. Uh, we, we generally correlate that with sightings and encounters that do come through to us uh, and use that from our database to try and decide the best places to go to basically uh, con conduct our research. Uh, I mean, with, with those thermal images, I mean, like that, that obviously started from an original expedition, which was kayaking down a certain dam to get to a certain location where we believe they were coming from. Uh, so kayaking about three o'clock in the morning, which ended up being ice shine, falling, falling one through the bush. Uh, come back across the dam to to load up the kayak, kayaks for the night. And when we got back up to the van to load the kayaks back in, uh, it started off with, I heard something moving. And then Dean Harrison, who, who is the founder of Australian Yari Research, he went, he took his kayak up and he got growled at from across the road. Hmm. So it was that right there that sparked off the investigation onto that particular ridgeline for us to then focus a lot of our a lot of our intent and a lot of our investigations on this particular ridgeline, which did lead to a another thermal capture that, that, I, that I captured probably about three, four months before they, those world, uh, worldwide famous ones, uh, where it was about one o'clock in the morning and I heard like, like a bulldozer coming crashing down through the bush. I pull the thermal camera up and I'll see this massive heat signature come down through the bush. And as it got a bit closer, it then split into two. And then I was able to determine what I was actually looking at once they split into two. And for the next 15 minutes or so, uh, I actually watched one sitting there and another one off to the right, uh, I assume ripping bulbs out of the ground underneath reeds and that kind of thing for, for, for a food source. Uh, and then that sparked us to then investigate the top of that ridgeline, uh, which then, yeah, uh, led on to us uh, slash Buck Buckingham, who had the camera that night, uh, catching those two nine and a half foot yowies on camera yeah man yeah man oh wow I, I i didn't know that you've had such a clear visual you got to sit there and watch them correct mate so yeah so for, for, for my thermal images it was yeah about, about 15 minutes uh unfortunately with the distance yeah. and the terrain of where i got mine it wasn't as clear as bucks uh i'm talking about uh 80 to 100 meters for mine right. with bucks we're only talking about 20 meters at the most, uh, still through thick foliage, uh, but a lot easier to, to, to notice. So Buck's, Buck's experience when, when he got those thermals, it, it lasted about an hour and a half of something else. He was watching peek around a tree stump. He actually watched the hands move up and down the tree stump as it looked around and, 
And then about uh, 20 minutes after that happened, he then he moved to his right, panned to his right a bit, and saw some heat signature coming through the bush. And next thing you know, mate, the, these two big nine-foot beings step out, and how you doing? Oh, my gosh. All right. Let me ask you, man. You look like a good-sized guy. You actually look like an Australian Jason Momoa. It's like, it, <laughs> you're so handsome, it's my, not fair, uh, man. <laughs> yeah, my... My nickname is Aquaman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all right. It's pretty, pretty, right. pretty, pretty common that one, mate. Well, it's it, it's about time I have an episode for the ladies out there, man. <laughs> <laughs> but let me ask you: you're you're a good sized guy, but were you scared when you saw this? Like when you were that close? Um, to be honest, mate, it was it was it was a strange night. I, I think we were just that pumped with excitement. Uh, it's like you, you yeah, you basically like a, a nervous excitement when all this, all this stuff's going on. Yeah. And even though the scenario of Buck capturing those thermals had ended, those two beings didn't leave us for the rest of the night. They, they hung around. Mm. So when, when we go on these overnight expeditions, we actually we, we, we sleep in hammocks. So you know, we, we form a suitable position, put up some hammocks. When the night's done, jump in the hammocks. We, 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 do sleep, we do sleep with our teddy bears. And when I say teddy bears, I mean the thermal cameras. <laughs> uh, just in case something pops out of the bush, we can you know, uh, pull the thermal camera up and see what's come creeping up towards our camp. Uh, so there, there is that. But uh, yeah, uh, Dean and, uh, and uh, one of the guys on the team, Shannon Guthrie, they went to bed. Myself and Barker, we, we sat up for another 40, 40 minutes or so just talking about the, the, the experience in the night because we're just that pumped. And every, every now and again, you actually hear these two beings walking around in the darkness just outside of firelight. Uh, walking around, snapping branches, uh, pushing things over. And then it got to a point where we're like, all right, I think it's time to go to bed. And I know this sounds strange when we've got these two beings, nine and a half foot tall, walk around our camp. Uh, for some reason, I think we're just in that, in, in such a state of peace, we just comfortably went to sleep. Yeah. And the next morning we wake up to uh, the stick symbol stuck in the ground. Okay. Brave man, brave man. Yeah, you know, I, I hammock camp, but it's usually, uh, well, I don't think it's anywhere near a nine foot tall creature, but you know, who, who knows? I sure wouldn't be sleeping though. <laughs> All right, man. So you, you wake up and there's this stick structure, um, or stick symbol, right? Uh, a bit of both. So okay. we had your, tra your traditional X marker. Uh, this one was only about, about a foot and a half tall. Uh, in front of that little little X, X, X marker was a, I think it was a right inch foot, in, uh, right foot impression, about an inch and a half into the ground. So I assume as they've placed that little X, that's the, that, that's the foot they'll put their weight on and uh, placing that X. Uh, off behind that was, was a big stick, a, a vert vertical stick stuck directly in the, in the middle of the trail. Uh, and then there was another one, which was like a backwards number four, a couple of meters off to the side of that. Uh, the, the backwards number four was kind of pointing to the direction of where these two beings were. Uh, but again, you know, we don't have enough knowledge to know exactly what those, what, 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 uh, what, what those stick symbols mean. We have found in this particular area, actual symbols, like say for a triangle, uh, you know, obviously there is, is a very high percentage of where sticks do fall on the ground. It, that, 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 that's a given. Right. Uh, but when you find these symbols, uh, if you pay attention to them, 
uh, particularly the triangle symbols, uh, each stick is actually laid under, over, under, over, under, over. It's not just a random landing. Like a and once you start to pick up on that on that sort of sign, uh, and we 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 do this, we do so these these symbols quite a fair bit, and to us now like that they stand out to the average person like this just sticks in the ground. Mm. Uh, but I think because we we've been doing this doing this for so long, we have found so many different types of symbols. Uh, I think our eyes and our trained to to pick up on these things. Uh, yeah, but again for for the most part, a lot of these symbols are under over under over under over, as they are laid on top of each other. Um, you sent me some and uh, some of the pictures, and if you don't mind, I'd like to share them. Uh, yeah, go for it. Okay, um, I'll I'll add them to the video later on. I don't have them on my on my desktop. I got them on my phone still, but uh, I'll definitely add them to our conversation here. Um, it's interesting because it was what you were showing me and what you explained to me is they were making these symbols out of one stick, like they would. Correct. It would break it down and break joints kind of into it, but it would be one, one piece. That is correct. We so some some of the symbols we found would resemble what a child would draw when, when they draw a house, just, just the, the outline of a house, yeah. the walls and the roof. Uh, but then where, where the where the where the two points of the roof meet, uh, ex, extend those points out further, and a lot of the time that's one stick. Uh, we've also also found similar uh, a. The, the, the letter A symbol, so a, a capital A, uh, we, we found those. Uh, again, as, as you said, a lot of these symbols are also one stick broken in, in multiple positions to create these symbols. Yeah, so that would let you and know. On top there, of that, yeah. yeah that, that would let you know that it's not just a random stick falling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Correct, mate. Yeah, it's, uh, especially when, when, when you find the, these symbols where there's no tree canopy above as well which also goes for the sticks that we find jammed in the ground. So a lot, a, lot, a lot of these sticks can be very, very thin twigs, or we can find sticks that are an inch to two inches thick jammed vertically in the ground about six inches deep. Uh, and, you know, again, there is a high percentage where sticks will fall from the trees yeah. and land stuck in the ground. Uh, but again, when there's no tree canopy above yeah. and in locations where people don't go, uh, you can't really say it's it's uh, a natural occurrence. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I got a question for you, and I I don't know because I haven't watched every video or anything like that. Have you guys found anything like drawn into the dirt itself, like any kind of symbols drawn in? And there's a reason why I'm asking this. Um, my reasoning is. My buddy Rod, that's in Australia, he goes down to a certain area, and I'll probably get the net, the pronunciation wrong, but like Pilliga, is that is that right? Pilliga, that's the one. Yep. Okay, he goes down there. Good, I've got some good stories about the Pilliga for you too. <laughs> yeah, well, he he had some good encounters down there. He woke up and in his camp, it looked almost like a sundial had been drawn into the dirt. But okay, later on he came to believe that it was it was more like a a drawing of an orange that they had left or had had stolen from the camp. I can't remember exactly which one, but kind of looked like it was, if you would cut it horizontally, the orange, you know, how the slices would, you'd be looking at it kind of like yes. the face of a watch. Yes. That's, that's like the image that was in the ground. Right. Um, it, it was pretty in, intriguing. And I thought maybe I'd ask you if you've had anything similar. You know. We have had, we, we have found similar things, but a lot of the time it is made out of sticks. Uh, we have found rock, rock formations as well, uh, made out of like 
uh, baseball, tennis, tennis ball size rocks. Mm. Uh, as as for symbols actually drawn into the dirt, not too much. We we have we had have, have had people come to us with their findings where they found things drawn on on uh, rocks with mud, really, uh, especially like big, big handprints uh, made from mud as well. Uh, but as for that kind of thing, uh, maybe like uh, Dean himself, he, he may have heard that a bit more. Uh, but for myself personally, it's more so the actual symbols made out of sticks and rocks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I got all kinds of questions, Gary. I just, <laughs> I'm just going to yeah, do the, mate, go for it. Go for one it. One at a time, brother. Uh, first question, and I probably should have asked this, you know, 15 minutes ago, but what got you started in this? Like, do you have a, did you have a, a young encounter story or what, what happened, man? What's up? Well, I've, I've always been interested in the, uh, the other side of life, which they, these days I, I refer to it as the real side of life. Yes, sir. Uh, the, like the, the, the world that we're actually living, not the uh, brainwashed world that we're, we're, that we're uh, taught to uh, become part of. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've always had an interest in uh, the, the, the Bigfoot, uh, ET, ghosts, that kind of thing. Uh, like like many people, uh, in, including uh, uh, people in, in the US yourself, uh, for, for us it was very much Bigfoot. Yeah, that that's just in America. And then as things happen, as you grow up and you learn, and uh, you come to find out that it's not just America, uh, it's very much Australia as well. Uh, but my, my my very first actual night of going out and researching to try and uh, look for the unexplained was basically out to a certain location on the border of Queensland and New South Wales, a place called Mount Lindsay. And on the road out there, someone's actually painted Yowie Crossing. Wow. Uh, so obviously at a, at a location where, where people have actually seen one cross the road. So they painted Yowie Crossing across the road. So a good friend of mine, Wade Graham and I, we decided to go out there and we thought, well, we, we go, out there, go out there on the bikes, uh, the, our super sports for a ride and thought that that's the best place to go check it out. So we went out there about 10 o'clock at night. And again, completely novices had no idea what we're doing with, with, with white lights, like torches, flashing torches around the bush, which is one thing we don't do these days. Right. Uh, it basically led on to a time that it raised the bar very high for us. So, so uh, before joining Dean, Dean and Australia Research, this particular night raised the bar that high, we struggled to actually compete with it going out ourselves trying to trying to, to get that experience again hmm. so it started off with in, in a particular location again again where, where it says yellow crossing not too much happened and we uh stayed there for about an hour hour and a half and my mate wade he said he said he, he could hear some kind of a strange vocalization or strange sound coming further down the road and so at, at the time i had my phone the, the audio recorder on my phone uh recording and this is when I found out you never, ever turn the audio recorder off. Uh, so basically, yeah, so we, we, we jumped back in the car. I hit pause on the audio recorder. We drove about uh, three and a half miles back, uh, further down the road, pull up on the side of the road. As soon as we got out of the car, a big, a big wall, there's, there's a big wall of lantana beside the road. So lantana is like, like, like a vine type plant covered, covered in very uh, little spikes and thistles. Behind that wall, lantana, we got screamed at. Wow. Uh, what, I, what I can liken it to is like we, we go to a lot of death metal concerts. Yeah. The the volume was like standing in front of the speakers at a death metal concert, and 
there's not many metal vocalists I've heard who can replicate what came out of this thing's mouth. Uh, we're talking about uh, 20 feet away, this, this, this beam would have been beyond this wall antenna. Oh, we pulled up. It screams slash roars at us. You actually feel the vibration go through your chest. So that obviously caught us off guard. Uh, I didn't think anything about the phone at the time. Uh, after the scream stopped, I then hit record. So again, you, you never turn the audio recorder off until the night is done. Because yeah, uh, the, the other, on, on the flip side of that as well is uh, Yowie vocalizations caught on recorder are very rare. If I had have captured this vocal, that itself would have gone viral. Uh, but again, lessons learned. So I then press, I press uh, unpause on, on, on my phone to, to continue recording. And we stayed there for probably about another, another hour or so. And not long after this scream, we had these two other vocals from the north and the northwest. These hoo-ha, type vocals. Nice. And every 15 minutes, they'd vocalize again. But every time, every 15 minutes they do it, those vocals were, were closer. And they're closer and closer and closer. Uh, and it got to the point where we ended up being in the middle of a triangle of three. Mm. And this is when standing in the middle of the road, because at this particular location, it's, it's deep in the forest. So even though we're standing on the road, we, we may as well be standing deep in the forest. It's, it's that thick and that, that uh, pitch, pitch black out there. Mm. Uh, pitch, pitch black to the point where Wade is standing six feet in front of me and I could not see him. Mm. So I, I had my, my torch turned on, but, but the torch into my chest. Uh, and if you, can, if you can picture being swarmed by a thousand mosquitoes, oh, yeah. just completely mm. in, encompassing your head, Something like, am I actually hearing things or not, or is it, uh, or, you know, or is it actually mosquitoes? So yeah, Wade, Wade was about six feet from me, so I decided to walk out towards Wade to ask if he can hear the same thing. When I got to Wade, I let the let the head of the torch off my body, off my chest, to allow some ambient light, and the look in his face gave me my answer. He can actually uh, hear this encompassing, surrounding, swarming, buzzing mosquitoes too. And seconds later, like it was choreographed, like, as, as if we'd, we'd planned to do this, we had we both spun around 180 degrees with our torches on this big wall of vine on the other side of the road. Uh, we then got very nervous and decided to call it a night. Uh, and this is this is probably about uh, don't quote me on this, but roughly about six seven years ago this happened. Yeah. And at the time, uh, Brian Sullivan Duke. Uh, he was very heavily to do with uh, Sasquatch Chronicles, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I sent Duke uh, Brian a, a, a message on Facebook and told him told him the the, 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 uh, the scenario, what happened. And as far as he was concerned, it was potentially a couple of yowies hitting us with a bit of infrasound. Yeah. Uh, which again, yeah, it, it would kind of make sense because there, there there were no bugs, uh, but it was definitely a loud buzzing that that they, it swarmed us. So we jumped in the car, took off that night. And uh, yeah, that, that pretty much kicked it off. And over time, uh, I ended up getting a hold of Dean, told Dean the story of what happened. And from there, I kept pulling on the back of his shorts, asking me, asking him to uh, allow me to come out with him. And I'll, 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 I'll carry your bags, I'll, I'll carry your water, you know, <laughs> trying to get, get out there with him. And uh, lo and behold, the, the first two times that uh, he, he called me up and goes, oh, are, are you keen to come out? We need an extra person. Uh, as it happens, bad timing. Uh, I know I've been t- tugging on your shorts, but uh, 
I pushed him, mate, I apologise, I can't make it. And that happened twice. Uh, then the third time I said to the wife, no, that's it. He's asked me twice. I bet he won't ask me a third time. Uh, so I said to the wife, that's it, we're going. So jumped in the car, went and met up with Dean at a, at a particular location. So I'm on the Gold Coast. I drove up to Brisbane to, to meet those guys. And uh, that night we had something walking towards me through the long grass. Wow. Wow. Good thing you weren't. From, 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 mate, from, from there, it's pretty much just been a roller coaster of uh, ups and downs. Uh, and I've now found myself very deep in the uh, cryptid field. Yeah, buddy. All the way into the cryptid field. <laughs> oh, man. And I seem to be digging myself deeper and deeper each week. <laughs> yeah. Well, if, if it's anything like it is here in the States, you know, one rabbit hole will lead to another. And the next thing you know, man, you're there's no turning back. You know, you're you're so wrapped up. And it's more than just one cryptid. You'll you start learning that everything is real. You know, like like correct. you like well, you said, uh, uh, the yeah. real world. You know, it's correct. It's all real. Well, it's, it's 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 the same as you guys know. Like we we have a couple of different types of beings. We we we've got the tall yowies, the the, the Dulagala or the Quinkin. Uh, like like Bigfoot, it's a collective term. So Yowie is a collective term. Okay. Uh, different areas will have uh, different Aboriginal names for these beings. Uh, but Yowie being a collective term, uh, just like Bigfoot being, being a collective term. Uh, then we've got the the the, the Junjidi or the, the brown jacks or the little fellas, which are your three to five foot tall Yowies. Uh, we have reports of those. We actually took a report, a report from just up the road from where I am last week about a roadside crossing of, of a Junjidi. So again, a th- three to five foot tall, uh, where the, the witness was on his way home about 11 o'clock at night in, in his WRX. So he, he's come uh, on his way home, cranking about 100, 100 kilometres an hour, so about, about, about uh, 60 mile an hour, and uh, had, had his high beams on, and he sees off to the left-hand side this small, what he thought was a marsupial, maybe a wallaby or a rabbit or something like that, because he's driving a WRX with a body kit and that kind of thing. He doesn't want to hit it, doesn't want to bust up his body kit, so he slowed down. And then he got a bit, a bit closer again. He said he slowed down about 20 kilometres an hour and this thing then stood up, legged it like Usain Bolt across the road in front of him. What? And he stopped for a sec, uh, collected his thoughts, and thought, I need to tell someone. And that was only, yeah, that, that was last week. But I mean, even on the same that, man, look, we, again, being the, the, the biggest contact in the world for, for Yowie sightings and encounters, we will literally get contacted minimum five times a day from people around Australia. Really? And that, that's to do, with, to, to do with Yowies, Junjidi, uh, including Dogman. We even get uh, some, some, uh, a few Goatman reports as well. Uh, and it, 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 all, it all encompasses you know, every different aspect, including UFOs, ETs, uh, even uh, shape-shifting as well, uh, which, which does uh, jump into some of these reports as well. Yeah. Now, I imagine if it's, if it's kind of like some of our older stories, you know, American stories, um, this, the the Yowie is going to be connected to ET stuff, right? Yowie uh, in some camps, and some camps is connected to the shapeshifters, um, a, a more spiritual side versus a more physical side. Um, yes. So, so, well, I mean, I mean, even on the same that mate, I mean, the problem that the community both here and over in the US have 
is they, they, they won't allow themselves to be open to different aspects right. as much as they need to be. Uh, like it or not, there are Bigfoot slash Yowie encounters and sightings that do happen just before or just after a UFO sighting. Yes, are they connected? Are they connected? I don't know. I, I, can't, I can't give you the facts on that. But it does happen enough that you have to take it all on board. I mean, we, we've had our own encounters and sightings where we, we, we were out one night doing an investigation and Dean was, Dean was up the track uh, uh, by himself and myself and Shane were back at camp, only about 50 metres from each other. Uh, but Dean came over the radio saying that he has something very big and very bipedal pushing its way through the bush, not so much towards him, but parallel to him. And then seconds after he says that, myself and Shannon here, if you, if, if you can picture what the sound, the sound of a stunt kite. So when, when, when a person who is flying a stunt kite, when they dive it, it has, has that, 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 deep, that deep flutter noise as a stunt kite dives, that crossed with a, a mechanical buzz. Mm. And directly above us was an open tree canopy. So again, there, there, was, there was no trees. It was, it was just clear sky uh, with, 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 with a tree canopy, but again, an, an open sky directly above us. And seconds after Dean, Dean comes out of the radio saying, I've got something very, very big, very bipedal, pushing through branches, snapping branches. Shannon and I hear this, this, mechan this buzzing mechanical kite type sound. We look directly up straight away. And there's a black V with no lights, nothing, just this big blacked out V flying directly over the top of us. Yeah. So again, people need to, if, if you don't believe it, it's fine. It's, it's the same as with the thermal, the thermal images. If you don't believe it, that's fine. You, obviously, pe people need to find their own way to, to come to terms or to come to an understanding or just accept that this is what happened. Uh, and it's the same, same with Bigfoot and UFO encounters, that it does happen. If you believe it, great. If you don't, don't stress. It's all good. Everyone's learning as we go. So just all you need to do is take it in. Simple yeah. as that. I agree. I agree because there, there are people that are just diehard one side or the other. Like it can't be something um, physical. It has to be something spiritual because of, you know, the way the tracks work sometimes, you know, you'll be on a set of tracks and then they just disappear. Stops in the middle of nowhere. Uh, well, so I mean, that, even on saying that, mate, pe pe people often forget that with, with the size of these beings and the, the gait of their walk, people forget that they need to look not a meter in front, like, like for, for our, our gate, they need to look th possibly three meters ahead. And if, if, if there's no track impression, look, look for, uh, thick grass or a log or a rock or something you could have stepped on or did it grab a tree, go up into a tree. Right. Uh, that does make up uh, a lot of the answers that people have when they find one track, where, where to go. However, I'm saying that there are times where even we do find a succession of uh, four, four or five tracks that do just disappear. Yeah. So there, there is both sides of the fence there. No, that, that's a good point though. You know, look, further than what you would think a step would be <laughs> look to the left Correct. look to the right Correct. look up you know Correct. That's good. um you personally and i don't want to you know i'm not trying to put you on the spot or anything gary but uh <laughs> if if someone would ask you like i don't know me right now if <laughs> what do you think uh we'll, we'll just use the blanket term yowie 
because there's no way I can I can pronounce the other ones as 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 beautifully <laughs> as you do. <laughs> I wrote down brown jacks because I, that sounded like a much easier way to call them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if if I were to ask you, what do you think Yowie is after all the research you've done over the last six or seven years? Uh, where do you land, man? Do you, do you do you have more of an answer now than you did to begin with? I've definitely changed my point of view over the years. Uh, it did start off with, it's, it's just a big, it's, it's an animal, it's a type of ape. Yep. Uh, these days, I definitely lean more toward they are a type of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, did that come over the, the Bering Strait from Indonesia, then get landlocked and that kind of thing? There is a high chance of that. Uh, but I, I personally definitely believe that they are a type of people. And my opinion is based on our findings our encounters, our sightings, our interactions, and also the sightings and encounters of people that do come to us uh, from all around Australia. We, we, we've even had people from over, over, your, over your side that have contact, have contacted us as well. Not too many, but we, 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 do, we do get a couple here and there that, that, tell, that do tell us of their encounters sightings over there. Uh, and the thing is, there's that there's, they, they do that many human type activities and aspects that you can't you can't say that they aren't highly intelligent and that like that that's another point that people often do is they don't give these beings enough credit for their intelligence they are super intelligent like obviously not when, when people say that you know yes they're intelligent uh, but they're not human intelligent I, I think they are very close but the thing is we have evolved to be intelligent for what we do in our lives with, with our with our, with our, with the way that, that the, the modern world, modern world lives, these beings have no need for that. So they are highly intelligent for the world that they live in. Yeah, it's 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 the the way that they move through the bush. We can't replicate. Right. We, I, I know we can get we can get damn close. We can we can try the best we can, but we can't replicate the way that they move through their environment. Just like they can't replicate what we do. Right. Uh, so I think I think it's just two, two different trains of thought of the intelligent aspects of these beings. Uh, we recently had some scat uh, sent to a university, uh, roughly about six weeks ago. So it was actually, uh, so yeah, about, about six weeks ago we had uh, the results come back. So with with the worm count and the bacteria count, that kind of thing. So as people may know they can determine what kind of animal it is right. by the worm count, the bacteria count in the scat. If it drops below a certain level, it's only one or two things, human or ape. So the scat that I found in this particular creek, it came back at those very low levels. And the best the university could come up with was, we don't know. <laughs> uh, they, 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 they tried to give us some, some reasons about, oh yeah, maybe, through transportation, it, it, it wasn't transported properly. It was kept out of the freezer too long, uh, but that doesn't make sense. Now, like we, we, Dean has had this in the past, where he, he sent off scat samples, and they come up as I don't know, and then then that samples disappear, uh, which I should this sample probably disappear as well. But luckily, we we did get the results, and it's basically come back as unknown. Wow. Uh, and I think that you know. I think I've gone off a bit of a tangent here. I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> no, no, it, but it, um, it, it's it, it points to it, man. It, that this could be some kind of people. 
That's the one, mate. I mean, again, like the the, the symbols they that they'll be fine. The things they do that that require hands, uh, the intelligence of staying out of sight, not being seen, mm-hmm. uh, tapping on windows, watching children, watching TV, uh, leaving fruit for people at certain locations at the front door on on, on a regular basis. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, there are some resemblance to, to apes, and there are obviously some sightings that do, uh, sightings of Nicanza do come across as very ape-like. Uh, but for the most part, if you, if you put it down, down to a, a percentage-wise kind of thing, the high percentage is the encounters and sightings that do come through to us are uh, more of a human aspect as opposed to an ape aspect. Yeah. Man, I love that. That's a, that's a great answer. Um, yeah, and you know, that's what I'm getting from, from other guys that I talk to in Australia. It's, and it's more easily accepted, I think. Um, it's more easily accepted over there than it is here that we're looking at another type of person. Um, there's a lot of resistance in the States about that. A lot of resistance. Um, it just, I don't know. I think just culturally, you guys are you got it together a little bit more than we do. <laughs> you know what I mean? You guys are a little more. <laughs> you know, I, I think I, I sort of look at it as like, like, yes, over the last, especially over the last couple of years, uh, the Australian pop, the, the Australian public are becoming a lot more accepting of it, a lot more open to it. We, we do still have, have a lot of pushback uh, on the subject itself. Uh, but unfortunately, like we 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 don't have the I guess the openness to the subject, like you guys do, mm-hmm. with bars and taverns and general general stores and that kind of thing. Just just having that 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 big that bigfoot aspect about them. Mm-hmm. We we do have that here and there, but it's very rare, very very one off. Um, but it's also a thing that if if you can get people talking about it, uh, a lot more people have had sightings and encounters than, uh, than 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 what you would originally think. Like. I live in the I live in the Gulf Coast hinterland, so on, on a particular mountain, uh, the next mountain north to where the thermals were captured, and there's this high yowie activity up there. A lot of the locals won't talk about it, but if you can get locals talking about it, mm-hmm. uh, then often stories do come out. And with the the next mountain over Springbrook, where the thermals were taken, if we go to a coffee shop up there, and we are wearing the yowie hunters t-shirts we will have locals come up to us and say hello and say, oh, last week, uh, Tuesday last week, about five o'clock in the afternoon, took the dog for walks up, stepped out, or I was going to bed, something tapped in the window, I looked up and there's a face look at it. So I think if, if, if people can find a happy, safe space to talk, they will talk. Yeah. Uh, it is definitely getting better. Uh, the, the subject over here is definitely opening up a, a lot more, especially since even even with the sticks in the ground that we find, uh, again, I will say this again, there is a high percentage that do fall naturally, but there's a percentage that don't. Once we made it public that we find these sticks in the ground, we started having people from all over Australia uh, coming to us with the same thing, I guess, because they started to think a bit more openly about this random stick in the ground. We've even had people contact us where they've, they've pulled up uh, in the bush to go for a walk and when they've come back to the car, there's a three-inch stick jam in the ground front of their car. Yeah. Like that's that's not going to happen naturally. Uh, so I think the the, the more that, that we are happy to talk about these the, the, these subjects and these these encounters experiences, more and more people will 
do come to us in more of a, a happy, safe zone to talk about, about about dairy cows and so on. Some of them don't want to be uh, put out in the, in, in the, the public arena with their names because uh, we, we do have a lot of people in the professions of police, military, science, uh, doctors that do come to us, uh, especially the military, high-ranking high military, uh, that do contact us, but for obvious reasons, they, they can't go giving their name out to the public and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, for example, the army base that backs on the, to the mountain that I live on, uh, there was an encounter there not, not too long ago where so the sergeant planned a drill where the team would have to track him for three days through the army base so basically to, to, to practice their protocols and their skills. Yeah. They'd have to try and track him, track him over three days and try and catch up to him. Over those three days, he had something paralleling him and staying with him for the whole three days. At nighttime, it had stayed just outside of the firelight. During the day, he could hear it paralleling him. He knew what it was. Uh, so, and then obviously that, those kind of people come to us and let us know. Again, they can't tell us who they are, but they, they're letting us know what, what happened. Uh, we, we, have, we have a very famous encounter where a, a man, man of a science background would go to a particular national park a bit further north. And he's been run, running these trails for 20 years. And it is an area of high activity, but for 20 years, he's seen nothing, heard nothing. Then one day, uh, he's, he, he's running through this national park and he can hear a, a, a rock clacking in the creek down below. It caught, it caught his attention enough that he decided to drop there near the creek and have a look. Yeah. When doing so, he sees a young yowie. And when I say young, I'm, I'm still talking six foot, but in the creek playing, swinging around like, like, like a child would, swinging its arms, splashing water, uh, kicking rocks. So that right there is enough to drop your jaw. Oh yeah. So he he's sta- he, he's standing uh, roughly about forty meters away, jaw dropped, watching this this young child uh, play in the creek. It then notices him. It lifts its head, sees him, and then without taking its eyes off him, it makes a few whistles and pops with its mouth. And next thing, mum or dad stick their head out, see him, step out scream slash roar at him he legs it he's gone <laughs> uh and again like he, he's of a science background he he is on uh, ptsd medication to this day yeah man uh again he, he's another person because of his profession we can't make his name public uh but it's it's a common occurrence yeah. and that's basically what australian yarrow research is here for that that's what that's the reason dean started australian yarrow research you know, 27 years ago, because when he had his first encounters, he didn't know what was going on. He had an idea right. and he got chased out of the bush, something paralleling him through the bush. And if he didn't make it back to the car in, in, in the street light, there's a high chance he would never have started AYR because he wouldn't have come out of the bush. And because he had nowhere to go, nowhere to talk to, that, that's why he started Australian Over Research. Mm. And since then, we are... Uh, the go-to, the, the, the beacon of light, the, the safe space for people in Australia to come to. Again, over the years, uh, it doesn't stop. As I said, like we, we get contacted like five emails a day from people around Australia with their encounters and sightings. Sometimes it's um, a very significant encounter. Sometimes it's just to let us know that there's some activity going on 
going on in, in at the back of this person's property where, where nothing major has happened, but they've seen some things, they've heard some things, but we just want to let you guys know. Yeah. And then we'll have an, well, then we'll have someone else uh, come to us again, going back to the Pilliger, like you spoke about before, which was that Rod Benfield that you uh, spoke about. Oh, his last name is Rupert. Rod Rupert. Oh, okay. At least that's right. who the emails okay. come from. I, he might be using a different name. <laughs> no, that's all good. Uh, yes, yeah, so go back to the Pilliger. Well, I was on, I was on the phone to a guy in the Pilliger uh, about a month ago. Is is I was expecting like a quick half hour phone call. Uh, three and a half hours later, we're still on the phone, and he's had activity going on at his property at the Pilliger for twenty plus years uh, with a a certain troop, uh, and they're at the point where they have a mutual mutual respect for each other. They're not on go have a beer terms. They just they just have a, a mutual respect for each other. Nice uh, to the point where where he can walk through his property in the middle of the night with no torches. They know who he is. He's okay. Uh, there was an instance where he was bringing, I think, his a uh, couple of couple of young guys from his workplace, and I going back back to his 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 property for for a few drinks after work, and the car got bogged um, on the dirt road on the way there. But because he knew where he was, he knew that the quickest way was to beeline straight to the bush to the property. Uh, and these these two young guys that were with him, that they they been been on been on the on the turps a bit, so a little bit. Little, little bit off, off character than, um, than he was himself. And these guys want to slow down, have a smoke and have a rest. He's like, guys, no, you need to stay with me. We need to keep moving. And it progressed to the point where they could hear this, this Yowie troop around them and following them through the bush. And it's basically that he was trying to get these young guys going because he had a mutual understanding with this troop, but there's two other males and as we know, with the the animal world and the human world, more uh, if there's more males, then that's more competition, more of a threat. Uh, again, that's to do with animals. That's to do with us as, as a human species as well. Uh, so he's trying to get these two young guys to, to hurry up and stay with him. And he's and he got to the point where he, he said, "Look, you stay with me, or you don't. If you want to stay safe, you need to stay right on my heels. We need to get out of here." Because uh, from from his point of view, this this Yowie troop was focusing their their energy, their their intent more on these two young guys that were dragging behind. Oh yeah, and they um, to be safe, they they, they all made it out. Uh, but again, like this has gone for twenty years in the Pelagia, where he's had animals killed, which is also one of his horses was killed with, with a metal stake punch right through it. What? Uh, the, the 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 guts were ripped open, and the only thing taken was the liver. Uh, he had his his chicken incubator boxes. All the lids were lifted up one day when he came home from work. All the eggs were gone. He found up the paddock, a pile of eggs, and on, with each egg had a finger-sized hole punched in one end, and the contents taken. So basically, you know, it's 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 a whole bunch of protein shots. Yeah. Uh, he, he's had other instances where they've actually come up and tried to open the door uh, to the house, uh, and again, where he lives. It's a location where he's, he's, he's deep in the bush with his property. There's no real need to lock the house. So sometimes, well, I should say, he used to, he used to leave the house open for the, for the dogs. The, the, the dogs can come in the house uh, uh, so they've got shade and cover from the heat. And that's now changing. He now locks the doors because he had times where he's made a fresh loaf of bread. He's come home. The house has turned upside down. The bread's gone. Fruit's gone, that kind of thing. Wow. Uh, and now he's now the reason that he contacted us is because he's had what he thinks is a new troop 
either move into the area or move through the area. And this new troop don't understand the mutual the mutual relationship he he has with the troop that's already been there. And there's a male a male Yowie that uh, has been hanging around his property and has been a little bit disruptive uh, when he when if, if he goes out to the shed at night again before he can go out in the dark with no issues. Now he's getting growled at. He's getting yelled at. Uh, he's having things thrown at him. Mm. He now has to lock the doors, and he, he can hear the door the doors trying to be opened. And there was even even an instance while we were talking on the phone. Again, I was on the phone, so I, I can't uh, I can't say this is fact, right. but I could hear a, a, a tapping in the background on the phone. Mm. He, he he then goes quiet for about ten seconds, then comes back, and goes, "Can you hear that?" I said, "Yeah, I can actually. What is that?" He said, "One's back." And it's it's tapping on the air conditioning box of the window, mm. so that, that that's the kind of regular activity that, that this guy is getting. Yeah. And again, as as you may have heard with the pillar as well, that there's certain truck stops uh, through the pillar that, with the trucking community in Australia, they know that there's certain truck stops that you do not stop at. If you need to go to the toilet or you need to sleep, anything like that, certain truck stops you you do not stop at. You you push on through to the next truck stop. Because if you do stop these certain truck stops, you will. It's not like you may, you may have something happen. Something, you know, it's you know, ifs, ifs, buts, and maybes. It is guaranteed that if you stop a certain truck stops, your truck will your, your truck will get rocked. You will get screamed at. You will have things thrown at you. Uh, you you may have gear taken off the truck or taken taken yourself. Uh, there's been plenty of instances where where truckers have been sleeping in their cab. The truck starts rocking. They wake up and they look at the drivers or the passenger's window, and there's this face up at 12 foot high, mm. super angry, super mean. They scream at them. The truck gets rocked. So again, there's certain certain truck stops in the Pilliga that the trucking the trucking community know that you do not stop that. Yeah. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for fifteen dollars a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential plan on us. Mintmobile. slash switch. Upfront payment of forty five dollars, equivalent to fifteen dollars per month, unlimited over forty gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty p. Active Mint customers by five thirty one twenty four get six months of Paramount Plus Essential plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May thirty first, twenty twenty four. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you're looking for the pack that will help you survive the worst day of your life or a pack to use for your everyday carry that you'd never have to worry about failing, 
If you're looking for the perfect bug out bag, the perfect bushcraft pack uh, for camping, hiking, whatever your needs, go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com and check it out. All products are 100% made in America. You can use promo code BUMP22 and save 10% site-wide. All right, that's BUMP, B-U-M-P, 22 to save 10% site-wide. This is a veteran-owned business. Like I said, every component of every product made in America, the buckles, the zippers, the straps, American-made. Um, there's never been a more important time than now to bring it home. You know what I mean? So go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com. Best products on the market. I've got videos on YouTube about it if you want to see it. Um, or just go to the website. Check it out. SquatchSurvivalGear.com. Man. So this this guy that lives in the Pelagot, how is he going to, like, Establish boundaries or because it's not going to be a dominance thing. It's going to have to be a mutual respect, you know. I think he, he's pretty much hoping that this this this, this new troop or this new male that's coming in the area is just passing through. Yeah. Uh, I, did, I did say to, to keep me updated if, if this male does cause any other issues. And I haven't heard from him, so I assume that this male was just moving through the area. Yeah. Now, um, with the popularity of, you know, Yowie Research, I'm sure it's growing. Do you, are there a lot of groups popping up now um, in the last couple of years? I know here we had, you know, the whole COVID pandemic. Everybody just started going outside and getting back in touch with nature, you know, trying to hike again, you know, someplace you could stay away from other people or whatever. And is it, is it picking up popularity down there? And why not go to one of those truck stops and get all, get all the, uh, <laughs> the research they need, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, it, it definitely has picked up in the last couple of years. Like we, we it, it, I, I tend to notice a big, a big spike when some friends of mine they were out, uh, at a bushwalking trail a bit further west, and they found this, 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 this huge footprint, which which you may have seen. It, it, it did the rounds around the world as well. A massive footprint with a woman's running shoe in yeah. the footprint. Uh, so some friends of mine they found that they sent it to me. I involved Dean. And that then went to make on uh, that, that that went on to, to uh, be placed on the front page of the Gold Coast paper. Nice. And since then, I noticed a big spike. Uh, Facebook groups they spike from say having a couple of hundred to now having a couple of thousand members. Uh, lots more little little pop up research teams popping up on Facebook as well uh, for, for for enthusiasts and that kind of thing. And it also spiked more people come, coming out of the woodwork and telling, telling of their stories and encounters. Uh, unfortunately, you know, a lot like you guys have as well. Unfortunately, there, there is a percentage that are just there for shits and giggles. Uh, they're, they're, they're not there to, with, with an invested interest, to actually take the research seriously or, to, or, just, or even just to be interested in, in the general sense. They are there to, to, poke, to poke fun and have a laugh. Uh, either way, I guess, you know, all publicity is good publicity publicity as they say mm. uh but yeah definitely um the last couple of years has really seen a massive spike uh with the australian community fantastic i love it I we, love we, we've actually had a lot of aboriginal people uh start coming to us as well because ancient ancient uh, knowledge of the aboriginal people it is is starting to to thin out a lot 
uh, with, with, with the younger generation. Uh, I guess because they, they're, they're not, uh, not all of them, but there is a percentage that aren't bothered about their, their heritage as such. Yeah. Uh, so we, we are getting a lot of elders or elders coming to us as well that want to pass on the knowledge for the fact that they want it down on paper because they don't want to lose that ancient knowledge that's been passed down through the Aboriginal generations. Uh, because as you know, especially with the, the, the Native American tribes, it's, it's not put on paper, it, it's passed down word of mouth. Yeah. And they are in fear of losing this, this old world knowledge. So yeah, again, we, we do have a lot of elders that, that are coming to us to have, have their, their, their knowledge and their, their stories that have been passed down uh, put on paper so they aren't lost forever. You know what? That might be the most valuable aspect of the group altogether, man. Because that that history, that knowledge, like you said, uh, that's that should be precious. You know, that should be something that we cling to. You know, and that we we take it for truth. I, I really believe that because there's a reason why it's made it down through the generations, like it has. You know, correct. Well, it, 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 it's 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 a, it's that saying that that you see getting around, like. Uh, with with uh, uh, rock art and uh, cave paintings, that kind of thing. Like it was, it was, it was painted on the wall because they saw it. Exactly. It was it was it was put in 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 paintings that are hundreds of years. Like when you, when you go back and look at old paintings with UFOs in the background, yeah. it's in there because they saw it. Yeah. It's not just a random thing that they decided to put up there. And when when you see some of these paint these paintings are a couple two hundred years old, you see cave art that's a thousand years old you know it's not it's not it's not just a random occurrence that they decided to, to do some 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 fun doodles and see what happens <laughs> right. you know, they're, they're, they're very black and white and they 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 painted it because they saw it so it's it's when you have to start taking that seriously and listen to listen to the people uh show some actual interest in these things and again you you come back to find the the real world that we actually live in as, as i always say to people uh your your cup should never be full we know nothing i love that too oh yeah that's awesome your cup should never be full yes sir i agree with that 100 percent. all right gary uh i've had you on here for about an hour let me ask you or let me give you an opportunity to to just get out all your points of contact where you would want people to to reach you at since you love letters, marriage proposals from this video. Uh, <laughs> uh, how can they get a hold of you guys? Okay, so our, my our main point of contact is yowiehunters.com. So you can go to the website there. Uh, you can you can click on the contact button. Uh, you can also go to the Facebook page, which is Australian Yowie Research Official. Uh, make sure you put that official in the end of it because there, there is another Facebook group, which is Australian Yowie Research, uh, but it has nothing to do with us. So it will come up as Australian Yowie Research Official. Okay. Uh, you can you can you can contact us through there. You can either post on the page, uh, but the best point of contact with that one is actually to message the page itself. Uh, don't, don't don't feel alone. Don't don't feel like it's a bit off character to do so. Again, we get we get we get five emails a day. Uh, even with, with the messenger side of it on Facebook, we, we have people send us videos uh, from their encounters or things they found. There's there there one particular video where some, some guys were coming to work and it's about 5.30 in the morning, 6 o'clock, 6, 6 o'clock in the morning. And they, they come around the corner and they saw something run off and they pulled up 
and they found a wild pig ripped in half and there's big footprints through the through, through the red sand taking off. Mm-hmm. So I assume that they've come to work at this, this rural location and disturb a Yowie getting its, its breakfast sorted out. Uh, so we, we, so we, we've had these kind of videos sent to us. We've had videos sent to us with something in the bush at the back of the property, running back and forth, screaming. Uh, I got sent, sent uh, a, a contact of mine a couple of days ago, sent me some photos of their clothesline in the backyard. Uh, one of the clothes pegs was taken off and clipped to a branch high above. This particular contact, whenever they have uh, prawns on the back patio, mm-hmm. they'll have they'll start having tree knocks. Uh, start happening. I guess as the smell of the prawns goes through the forest, soon there's tree knocks start happening. Have have them peeking in windows. Uh, so yeah, please, please please don't feel like you're out of place contacting us. That's what we're here for. We're here to give you a safe space uh, to talk about your sightings and encounters with with no 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 ridicule, uh, no negativity, no animosity. Uh, so yeah. Please come to us. Uh, I will say that we are very deep in the circle. We, we, we do get some people that do contact us with their lies. Uh, for example, I called out a guy a little while ago from South Australia who decided to use part of video two of the Sierra sounds. Oh, wow. And take a, take a section out of that and say, oh, have a listen. This this is what what this is what I recorded in South Australia, and as you know, as yourself as well, uh, we, we we're all very very well versed on the, on the Sierra sounds. Right. So as soon as I heard it, I called him out on it. Of course, I was the asshole because I called him out on it. Of course. Uh, the same person. If 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 uh, more so people in the US, not so much here. If you remember. Uh, the Chaka Bigfoot. So from from uh, w- uh, Will Ferrell's movie Land of the Lost, right, Chaka. Yeah. The, the uh, yep. Uh, I can't exactly remember where it was taken. It might have been Georgia in 2018. I think. It, I think if if you, if you Google Chaka Bigfoot, it, it usually comes up of this this white grayish kind of being coming down down the side of a hill. This 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 person sent us that photo as well and said South Australia. <laughs> Again, we're inside the circle. Uh, so as soon as I saw it, mate, that's Chuck a Bigfoot. I even sent him screenshots of my search on Google, <laughs> Chuck a Bigfoot. There's 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 six different pictures of his picture that he took. Uh, so again, we, we are here for people for a safe space. Yes. But we are very very well versed in the Bigfoot world as well. Uh, so ninety nine percent of the time, if something like that that does happen. We will know straight away. Uh, so please, no <laughs> negativity like that. Uh, let's let's keep let's keep keep a safe space, and uh, go for it. We are here for you. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much, Gary. Um, is there anything else we w- we need to make sure we get mentioned on here, or, or are we good? Oh, mate, I can I can talk for hours. I can I can tell you hours. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you another quick one. Uh, yeah, which will probably turn in, turn into a quick couple. <laughs> That's fine. Um, so the uh, the location that, that we got the thermal images that night, we've obviously been back to this location multiple times, and there was one night we were back there, and when, when you follow the trail, which which is deep in the forest, uh, very very rarely used by bushwalkers. Uh, you, you go east from camp, 
and it gets to a, to a, to a, to a point where where the, where the track forks off in two two different directions. So this particular night, we were up, there was four of us up there. We, we split into pairs, and the whole point of this exercise was to one team goes left, one team goes right. We we, we go say a kilometre or two down these trails, and we sit in the bush. The whole point is just sit in the bush, take it all in, listen, uh, and see if we can come across something. We, we, we've all got thermal cameras, so we, we can all keep a good eye on it. And just before we got we got to the, the, the fork of the road, uh, Dean goes, oh, we forgot to fold out stools. Does anyone want stools? And yeah, yeah, we all want stools. So Dean and myself have decided to go back to camp, leave Shannon and Buck where we stopped, and we'll be back in a sec. And what I generally do is when, when we go out, uh, the, the person I'm, that I partner up with, I won't expect you to do it because if, if I start talking about it, it makes it harder. So I will, I will, I will mimic your footsteps. So it, it comes across as one person walking as opposed to two. Nice. Uh, again, I, I won't let you know I'm doing it because then it, it could trick things up and it, it makes it harder. So I'll just do it naturally. So... Uh, Dean's, Dean's a bit smaller than myself. We're, we're wearing hoodies. I'm walking about two meters behind Dean. And again, I'm matching his footsteps. Back where Buck and Shannon were, Buck is just using the thermal camera. He, he, he's panning around, just, just having a look. There's a possum. There's a small heat sitting over there, which could be bats or birds or whatever. And next, you know, as, as we're pretty much back to camp, uh, Buck comes over the radio going, did one of you guys just run off into the bush? Like, uh-huh. No, no, we're we're back, we're together. We're we're uh, coming coming into camp. He goes, no, no. Where are you right now? We're coming into camp. Did one of you guys run off into the bush? No, we're together. And the next ten seconds, Buck's coming over the radio. He he wasn't very happy. I'll, I'll just put it that way. <laughs> so basically, what he saw is. A, a large hooded being, so again with, with the, the, the conical head, yep. uh, walking on the trail. So what he thought was the person in front was Dean. The large conical being behind that person was me, because when we're walking, because I'm walking behind Dean, I'm bigger than Dean. He couldn't see Dean. So when he when he's panned around, he thinks I'm Dean, and something behind me is me. Wow. So we're, we're walking up and I've got a Yowie doing what I'm doing to Dean, copying his footsteps. It's copying my footsteps, walking directly behind me. Probably oh. yeah, still like I'm two meters behind Dean. Dean's a couple, uh, this being, I assume, was three to five meters behind me. It's walking along and then it detours off into the bush. Hence why Buck's come out of the radio going, do one of you guys just run off into the bush? No, we're together. And the crazy thing is that, that, we, that we, we've come to find, it's been, even the night with the thermals and reports from, from over your side as well, is that when these beings want to be heard, they will be heard. Yeah. When they don't, they will not be heard. I heard nothing. I heard nothing walking behind me. I heard nothing disappear into the bush to the side of me, which doesn't make sense because it is thick bush. When we go through there, you can, easily, you can hear us moving mm. through the bush. How do these beings not get heard? Uh, I, I know that they, they live in these conditions. They are, they're well-versed in how to, how to manoeuvre through their conditions. But with, with a being that's, you know, two to five, four, 500 kilo, you know, uh, six to 14 foot tall, yeah. 
I don't know. They, yeah. they, they do it. <laughs> uh, and we, we, it's the when Buck got those thermals, when they arrived, he, he didn't hear them arrive. It was only that he, he was panning around. He's like, what's that? And there they are. They did their thing and they stepped out. And then when they left, no noise. Mm. And then half an hour later, they're walking around camp and we can hear them. And then the night, the, the, the night that, I, that I got the thermals, the original, the, the first thermals down on that same ridge line, again, I heard them arrive like a bulldozer. And when they left, there was nothing. nothing. So to, to, to me, it comes back to the, the, the woo side. Uh, I personally don't, I don't understand why people think that they can't be flesh and blood and still have extraordinary abilities. We as humans, we, we have the, the third eye, the, the, the penal gland. Yes. Uh, which when you open that up, you know, the, the, the possibilities and the amazing experiences that you can have once you, once you open up your, your, your penal gland. Yes. That's us. We are flesh and blood. So we, we have, we, we, I don't care what people, I don't care what people say, you don't like this too bad. We have spiritual abilities, extraordinary abilities. Absolutely. We have that. So I don't understand why a 10 foot being who is connected with nature can't have those beings as well, being flesh and blood and have extraordinary abilities. You don't like it too bad. Unfortunately, there's more reports and more sightings that outweigh your opinion than what your beliefs won't let you believe. Amen. Uh, basically, open yourselves up or suck it up. It's just, it's, it's just, it's just how it is. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, one of those things where if, if one person reports it, I think uh, Dr. G, Dr. John Bindenagel said this to, to Wes Germer once. If one person says it, take it in, whatever. If multiple people say it, and especially from different locations, then you need to start paying attention to it. Absolutely. And that's what we have with Australian Yellow Research. We have, we've had multiple people come to us with shape-shifting stories where, where three people have witnessed the Yowie uh, turn into a galana. Uh, other instances similar to that, uh, to turn into a cat. Uh, is, is, it, is it your is it a, 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 a point of perception from your, from your mind and not being able to understand what's going on, seeing a Yowie itself, and your mind has gone into, into a, a protective state so you can work it out. You, you can feel safe inside yourself because seeing Yowie itself is a point that will alter your reality. So again, your, your mind is trying to protect you from something you weren't ready to see. Right. Uh, or, or is it actually something is going on? Uh, but but we, we do get more than, more, more than a couple of reports of shape-shifting. And then, 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 then well, we, we even have our own Skinwalker Ranch uh, down south in New South Wales. Uh, which uh, a guy, a guy by, by the name of Attila Caldi, uh, he, he's the one to, to, to speak to about that. But yeah, like we, we have our own uh, uh, Skinwalker Ranch. We, we have dog man reports. We have goat man reports. Well, again, we have UFOs before and after Yowie sightings, yeah. which we've encountered ourselves. Uh, so I, I think it, it, it just comes back to you don't need to Go down that go down that road of yes, this happens, that happens, but you, you you need to be open to all aspects of it, and we we need to stop hating each other for it. Just because uh, this person over here has an opinion of of what he may have seen and encountered, doesn't mean you should write him off right. because you, because you can't you can't grasp that. Just take it in. Uh, 
And it, it, it's the same as like oh, I've got my personal beliefs that that I don't agree with, or, or I can't, I can't go down that road of, of what someone else says. But I won't write them off. I'll, I'll take it in as another aspect of this world that I think, you know, as the the Pentagon starts to release more UFO footage and that kind of thing. So we are the the the, the world is opening up. Um, our consciousness is opening up. Uh, the, the 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 global vibration is, is rising. So if we can all focus on staying positive, take it all in, because unfortunately we don't know. I'm, I'm sure there are people that do know what Yowies are. I'm, I'm sure there's people like government aspects of it. Like we, we have government aspects here where we know damn well that the government knows what they are, uh, including going and taking one out because it was causing issues. Mm. Uh, and SAS team literally had to go do the lone camper scenario uh, at a particular location because this this particular rogue male uh, was causing issues with 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 bushwalkers with, with, with kids playing in the national park. Wow! And it, it got to the it, it got to the point where yeah the SAS had to go set up a lone camper, so they had their their, their sniper positions and lone camper set up. So basically one person with 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 a small fire and He's there by himself. Yeah, while yeah. You, again, you've got, got, got um, other, other military position around. And it got to the point where the lone care became a radio saying, look, guys, I'm really starting to freak out. I can hear things that that have really put uh, uh, putting me on edge. And again, this comes back to the, uh, the I guess you could say that the woo side, mm-hmm. or also the extraordinary abilities that these beings have so basically what happened was it was noted by one of the military guys, one of the snipers, that they have contact. Something is, is, is coming into the campsite. And they had tripwires set out, set out around, around, the, around the campsite. This Again, this is on record. This actually happened. This Yowie has, is coming into the campsite. And they, the, 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 the snipers and the, the other military have tripwires set up to, to, to set off um, explosives. Or, or not, uh, I'm having a blank. The, uh, the, the tripwires to, 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 to set off uh, 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 signal flares to, 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 to alert the other military where, the, where this being is coming in. This being has walked up to a tripwire in the dark. I'm, I'm not specific on the exact time, but this is at least nine, 10 o'clock at night. So yeah. easily dark enough. No, no, no daylight savings. This being has walked up. It has seen the tripwire and it has walked around the tree that the tripwire was attached to and then headed in toward the, uh, headed, headed in toward the lone camper. It got to the point where they, they gave the green light to go ahead and take it out. And that's when this being took off running in a different direction, hit a tripwire, signal flares are going off. Uh, and they, took care of the situation yeah oh uh, so that plus other other instances the government definitely know what they are yeah uh, so again like extraordinary abilities we need to open ourselves up to just to just be more accepting of different aspects again you don't have to believe in it just be more accepting uh a prime example is we, we had some some uh some communication at a certain property on the same mountain i live in where we did exchanges with quartz and smoking quartz crystals and the, these crystals would disappear for three or four weeks and when they return 
they return and the, the Yowies would arrange symbols um, and put the crystals inside these symbols and that kind of thing. Uh, so we, 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 had, we, had, look, we, 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 we took a cast from this, lo- this area. Out of all, all, all the track impressions we found in there, we only found one track, one, one track that was castable, which was only a 14 inch. We had found an 18 inch track in there, but it was only a 14 inch, which was a succession of four, but only, again, only one was castable. Six toes, uh, five inches across the hill, seven inches across the bridge, uh, which we think was a female, uh, not a male. And we had amazing, over the course of a couple of months, we, we had these, these ongoing interactions where I even took my daughter in there where like she, she gifted a pink scrunchie to them. And every time we go back in there, her scrunchie would, would have moved around for different symbols. And what, what, what they do with some of the symbols is that they get a branch, they'd snap, a, they'd snap part of the branch, but they wouldn't let the bark snap. They, they, they'd peel the bark down and use the bark and tie other sticks to it or tie that broken stick in a certain manner or they'd tie my daughter's scrunchie in, in, inside of that as well. Wow. Uh, they, they tie vines together. We, we had a point where they, we had two palm trees, um, a, a specific type of palm where the trunk only gets, say, two inches thick at the most, but they become like, say, three to four metres tall. And they, these two palms are about six metres apart and they bent these two palms over together and tied them together. Now, when I say tied together, I don't mean tied like we tie our shoelaces or a tie rope. These leaves were tied like a traditional woven basket. So if, if you just think of a, a, a woven uh, basket made out of reeds, yeah. that's how they tie these two palms together. And they are still there to this day. Unfortunately, the activity in this spot has stopped, uh, but those two palms are still tied there together. And... This is this is this is on on, the, on yeah on this particular mount where it's it's been constant activity for for many many years, man, and I think I just went down another tangent. <laughs> it's all right, man. I love it. You know, you say you could talk for hours. I could listen for hours. You know, I just... uh, mate, I, I've got I've got so many stories and encounters, and um, even as simple as that night that we got the thermals, like we had camp set up. We, uh, Buck was up there capturing the thermals. And I went halfway up between camp and bucks. So I've got his back. I didn't want to go too close uh, because I, I didn't want to ruin any interactions or anything that he was ha- having up there. And I even found a point where, where, where when we went in there to where, where, where these two beings were standing, I tracked them through, through, through this bush. And I tracked them to a point where there was a big tree about three metres to my right behind me. I tracked them right up to where there's these two foot impressions standing beside this tree, and I'm sitting. I'm sitting in a in a camp chair. I can I can see camp. I can see buck. I had no idea that there's there's a big there's just there's a nine foot being standing three meters behind me. Wow, what's this clown doing? It just keeps on going, and even on saying that, like there was a point where when buck was getting those thermals. I, we're, 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 we're listening to Buck talk about the thermals, talking about what he's looking at. I, I replied to Buck saying, would you, would you like me to come up there so you're not alone by yourself? Because uh, he, he also had some, some sounds behind him. But because he's focusing in a certain direction to the north, watching these two beings, if he stops filming, he, he, may, not, he may not have got what he got because there's something moving behind him. So I, saw, I come over the radio and said, Buck, would you like me to come up to your location so you're not by yourself? 
yeah, cool, no worries. I started making my way up there and he comes over the radio saying, stop, 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 they've seen you. What he watched in the thermal camera was them looking at him, at him in his direction doing their thing. I got to a certain point and they look at him, they look at me, they look at him, they look at me. That's when he goes, stop, 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 they've seen you. That's when I went back to camp. And then after that is when he filmed those worldwide videos, or worldwide video, I should say. Uh, and it's, and he, he, um, we, we, we do have an, ex, an overnight expedition coming up this Saturday night because we are coming up on the 12 month anniversary of those thermals. So we are actually doing a split two team expedition because the creek below, which is the creek where I, I found the scat, we've had big X markers, we've had, we've had weird vocalizations in there as well. We even had the mumbler. So if you think of, of, an, of an old man with a really deep voice, yeah. mumbling up the creek. Buck went, Buck went up, because we were basically having a bit of rest stop, having a drink, having something to eat up this creek. And we heard the mumbler. Buck went up the creek to see if he could see what was going on. He heard something heavy move up up the hill. So there's some kind of connection between this creek and up top where the thermals were captured. So, so, so this Saturday coming, we are doing a an anniversary expedition night. And again, we'll be split. So myself and two of the other guys will be just above the creek. And Dean, Buck, and one of the other guys will actually be up top at the thermal location. And we're going to see if we can catch them or see if there's some kind of correlation between this creek that goes up to the thermal location. I do I do have information, which you are the first to hear about this, uh -oh. um, outside of our circle. You are, you are, you are number one. I guarantee that. We do have information from someone who says that there is a possible burial site up there. So when I say burial site, I don't mean Aboriginal burial site, uh, Yowie burial site. And apparently we have been very close to it. Oh. Uh, this, this person has said, when you do find it, you will know what it is. Do not stay there. Yeah. Find it, see it, get out of there because they will come running. Uh, so whether that's true or not, I can't, I can't guarantee. Uh, but maybe that's why we are having so much activity in this one spot in the creek below and the ridgeline where the thermals are captured because there is a burial location somewhere in there. Uh, which we, which we, we, as, it is, as it is with us as homo sapiens, human beings, we, we, we hold graveyards in, in high regard because it's our loved ones. Absolutely. You'd assume it'd be the same for them. They've got their burial site with their loved ones, uh, which they would be highly protective of. So again, they, maybe that's why we do have so much activity. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you myself and Shannon were in, the, in there two weeks ago to, to, to the, the lower location. So you've got the creek, there's, there, there's, an, there's an access point just above that. And then you go up higher um, to another access point, which is where the thermals were taken. When Shannon and I walked in there, um, I don't know if it's because, see, my, myself and Shannon have a lot of ET experiences as well, like UFOs, as well as actual ET sightings. Mm. So I don't know if there's some kind of connection there that, that Shannon and I have um, with the land, with the skies, with something spiritual. And when we get together, it amplifies a, some kind of, I guess, like an aura maybe. Uh, but as soon as we walked into this location two weeks ago after being out doing our thing, we got a whistle in the valley below and a tree knocked directly above us. 
Nice. And that, that that's the location that, that will be in there Saturday night. The guys will be up above. But again, maybe with this burial location, uh, which again, you, you are the first to hear, hear about that. Thank you. Uh, maybe that's why it's, an, it's, an, it's, it's, it's a point of interest and area of high activity. Absolutely. So if it is, we obviously got to try and do what we do in a high manner of respect. Either way, we, we, we do show a high, a high level of respect for these areas. We go in, um, I myself and Shannon will go off in different directions and meditate. And the reason we do so is to put out that positive intention to the area that we mean no disrespect. Because uh, as we, you know, the, 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 the land is full of energy um, animals can pick up on energies, just like dogs can pick up on, on air energy. Yeah. Being a positive person or a negative person, dogs pick up on that. Uh, and we find that, again, going through our, our own experiences and from people that come to us with their, their encounters and experiences, that energy has a big part to play. If you don't like hearing that, too bad. That's just how it is. Not you personally. I mean, like people yeah, yeah, out there <laughs> um, that have, have, have that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that, that have their own thoughts and beliefs. I'm sorry, but from our experience, energy has a big part to play. Mm. So we will go and meditate, put, put out that energy into the area um, and show a lot of respect. Uh, if we have a fire, we, we will uh, scrub, uh, scrub, uh, scrub up the area uh, once we're done. So not, not leaving just a, fire, just a random fire sitting in the middle of the bush. Right. Uh, we, 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 do, we, we do cover it up. Any rubbish, we, we, we will scare the area. Uh, make sure every little, every single piece of rubbish is picked up. Um, we we don't go taking chainsaws and axes and that kind of thing. We we, we will find deadfall if, if if we do need a fire, or we will actually cut our own small amount of firewood in. Um, again, we, we don't go cutting down trees. We don't go taking chainsaws, right. and that, that 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 again that again comes back to torches and, and light. Like we have we have headlamps. Uh, but we don't use white light outside of the camp. From our camp, we use white light because uh, we want to attract these beings and let them know that this is where we're camping. But as soon as we leave our campsite, we only use it's either red light or no light. Uh, so again, if, 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 we, if we're heading off a kilometre down the track or, or half a k into the bush, it's either red light or no light. Uh, and again, when I say no light, um, a lot, of, a lot of hunters will understand that. Like w- w- once your eyes adjust, yeah. Again, that depends on the location. If it's if it's very thick, it's it's a lot harder to adjust. Um, so so we 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 will use red light, mostly so so we can see where each other are. But also, red light doesn't carry through the bush like white light does. And I'm saying that we we, uh, we won't use white light outside of the campsite because it is very intrusive. Uh, so so yeah, we, we want these beings to come to us. And feel comfortable, so we're so we're not flashing white light around through the bush. Um, and again, that comes back to the meditation, uh, putting out that intention, um, showing a high level of respect for the area when we are in there. Uh, we, we 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 do play certain music. Uh, we, we do find uh, that there's some kind of attraction to classical music. Really, uh, I don't I don't understand that. I'm not a fan of classical, but yeah, it, it does. It, 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 I don't know if it's, if, if it's about frequency or tones, uh, but they, they do show interest in classical music. Uh, and yeah, like, but otherwise, mate, we, we do have other locations throughout, throughout the Gold Coast hinterland that we do have high activity. Uh, we, we, have, we have people contact us that, that want us to come down the location, uh, but unfortunately, you are like a thousand kilometers away. 
as a lot of people know and as a lot of people don't know, the Australia itself is is the same size pretty much as northern US. Right. It's so huge. someone says Yeah. So and uh when, when someone says like um we've got heavy activity, you, you guys need to come down here and guarantee you'll see something. Well that's great, but you're two and a half thousand kilometers away. Um and we are self funded. So <laughs> We, it's not just a case of jumping the cars and go, right. uh, which is the main reason why, why we stay around our areas because we have high activity, high activity in our areas, and it's easier and, and cheaper to get to. Wow, man! Yes, Gary, thank you, man. I've I've loved every minute of this conversation, and I hope that you know you got this expedition coming up this weekend. Maybe in a week or two, I can get you to come back and talk to me about it. Would you be willing to do yeah, that? Yeah, for sure, mate. That'd be great, mate. Um, I'm, I'm really, I've, I've, I've got really, really positive uh, gut feelings about this year. I think uh, with our research and trying to learn and understand their movements and uh, trying to show a level of respect, uh, like we, we, we've already established in certain locations that they do recognise us. Um, so we are hoping that they do recognise us in the areas, realise that it's, it's those guys they're not here to show any, any disrespect. So hopefully that, that, that can bump up the activity. And um, hopefully we can be one step closer to recognition and recognition and protection of these beings. Because as we know, with housing development and us as human beings, um, for, the, for the most part with, with development, we don't care about the bush. Right. Uh, for example, we'll, we'll have... We'll, we'll have, we'll have uh, property owners who, who, who have had 100 acres for the last 50 years and as animals and, and yowies as well they don't see boundaries they don't see fence lines they don't see borders so so these beings and, and their troop their family members have been using this this property owners 100 acres for, for forever yeah. and next thing you know we um us hairless monkeys t- turn up and bulldoze and put up these big boxes we live in and we, we start getting an influx of reports from certain areas because things are being thrown at from the bush. Um, bangs are coming down screaming, screaming at uh, new, new homeowners uh, because there's that, that lack of respect. So again, going back to the acknowledgement and acknowledgement and protection of these beings down the areas to try and uh, keep them safe and keep them happy. Because we, 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 we all know what happens when a, a species is found, even a bird species is found and uh, it stops logging. Yep. Big sections of forest are now, now sectioned off because, uh, because that, those being, those, that bird needs protection. So if you think like a bird needs protection, what about if the government comes out and acknowledges that these beings exist, mm. the amount of forestry and bush and land that would have to be uh, blocked off to developers logging and that kind of thing to keep these being safe in, in uh, their, their habitats. So again, not, not only striving, striving for, I guess, the money shot, because obviously that's what people want, but also pushing for that, that recognition and protection. Uh, because they, these beings obviously have very large ranges that they, they cover vast distance. Their territories are obviously quite big. Mm-hmm. And even in the case when a house hasn't been lived in for 12 months, uh, the Yowies noticed that. And, you know, we, we had a case a little while ago where it got to the point where the family wouldn't let their three kids and the dog outside after 4 p.m. on any day. 
because it, uh, they, they, they had a yowie that would come down just after they moved into the property. So the, the yowie's gotten used to, no one's been in this house for, for a minimum of 12 months. And now, now, now there's noise, there's kids, there's dogs barking, there's music playing, there's people, there's cars driving in, also there's noise on, I guess you could say, reclaimed property, re, reclaimed territory that, did, that this particular rogue male has taken up. And now, now every day he, he's coming out of the out of the bush, out of the mountain, screaming at the kids uh, at night time, going up in the back patio, picking up the dog bowl, slam the slam the dog bowl against the house, slap on the sides of the house because he's obviously upset because he, his territory is taken over. Yep. Uh, so if you can imagine what could happen if recognition and protection isn't achieved to some degree, right. and you've got troops. I mean, like where we are, it's suspected that there's up to 36, 36 members oh, wow. of, of, of made up of three different troops uh, that, that span an area of probably 15 kilometres as a crow flies. Wow. And obviously, obviously that, that includes um, parents, old, kids, babies, young. Yeah, it's a big family. Uh, basically, your typical, typical family troop. So... Even though people want the money shot, my personal intention is for recognition and protection. Mm-hmm. If if things if if things go amazing and the money shot comes out of it, uh, that's what's going to happen. But hopefully that, that 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 then leads itself lends itself to the end goal of recognition and protection. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a like it or not, they're out there. Yeah. I agree with you, and I think that's a, the perfect goal. You know, it's it's just to help them because, like like you say, man, with land development and everything else, it, it's getting uh, it, not so bad in the United States, but development is development. You know what I mean? And the more it encroaches on their land, you know, we we had the same thing around here, even with you know more mo- more common animals like deer. You know, you have deer running through your front yard. Why is that? Because your front yard is in there, you know. It's it's in the, it's in their house. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. They, they, again, they, they don't see fences. That they don't see borders. It's it's all the one land. Yeah. And again, they, 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 these hairless monkeys decide to go put up this big box to live in, and put up this this weird structure around that box. Yeah. And only like six months ago, they could walk straight through there with no issues. Yeah. yeah. So it it is an intrusion. It is. I, I, I understand that there is a, you know, obviously we, we, with with the, the the growing pop, growing human population, we've got to put them somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think we, we need to be more mindful and more strategic in in, in the in, in the way of, of doing so. I agree with you. And there's a, there's a theory, there's a theory here that yeah. you know national parks that we have, they're enormous. I'm talking like a million acres. Yeah, there's a theory that these national parks are being set up, and that's part of the reason why. You know, there there's Bigfoot populations in there, and that they're just deeming it a national park, but it's really to protect that species. And I hope that's the case. I, I hope so, mate. I mean, as we know, both here and over there, the the, the government definitely know about it. Oh yeah. That's 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 not even a uh, discussion for debate. It's it, it's fact. Yeah. So I, I really hope that's true. I I, I do hope that uh, the Australian government. Uh, is going to hopefully do the same thing, um, or I, I hope there's branches of the Australian government that, that want to do the same thing. I mean, 
the rangers that, that do look after the national parks, they do know about them. Yeah. Um, we, we, we've spoken to too many rangers that they do know of, they do, they do know of their existence. They've had encounters and sightings themselves. Yeah. So surely that, that, that's going to link back to someone who is hopefully in a positive mindset to uh, look after them. Because I, I think we like, <coughs> excuse me. So after, after talking to so many people and di- different areas uh, ha- have different, different types of encounters, some peaceful, some, some not peaceful. And I think uh, the more that we encroach in their territory, uh, the more negative encounters are going to come out. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you, and we don't want that. Um, and Gary, you've been a wealth of knowledge. I truly appreciate you coming on the show, man, and talking to me. I know we got a big time difference, and I, I appreciate you. You helped me figure out what time it is <laughs> in each location and everything else, man. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think it, you know. I, th- I, th- I think we jumped on. Uh, I think it was nine, about nine forty, uh, Eastern Australian time uh, on a Tuesday morning. Yeah, that's it's a uh, Monday night here. It's a little bit after nine now. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's wild. Uh, it's good stuff, man. Yeah, brother, it is. And if if you'll do me the honor of coming back on, you know, in just a week or two, I would love to have you on. Happy to do so. Um, there's only one day that I, I I got a few things booked in the next couple of weeks, but there's only one that's concrete, can't move it. The rest of it. I can shuffle around to fit whatever your schedule is. You'll make this work. So for sure, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm really, yeah, for sure. Easy. I mean, I'm, I'm really, really hoping that's, uh, I'm, I'm, fingers crossed. I'm, I'm feeling really positive about Saturday night. Uh, I mean, also, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for any interactions, be it rock clacks or tree knocks and you know, some kind of interaction. Yeah, um, we, we've had voices down there as well. So it's, uh, yeah. It's it's uh, one of the one of the main hotspots in Australia for activity. So I'm really hoping that uh, we, we we get we get get uh, some kind of, of uh, good positive results at, at a Saturday night. Awesome. Yes, I hope it works out for you too. Uh, I'll be praying for y'all to stay safe down there because you know you you never know when something might pop off, man. But please be safe. Oh, for sure, man. Um, thank you again for this opportunity. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. What? And Rock was good fun. Yeah, it was. And for everybody listening, go to yowiehunters.com. Check out Australian Yowie Research Official on Facebook. And uh, that's the one. Gary, you have a good day. And uh, I'll talk to you soon, brother. I will will, will just quickly throw in there. If you want to go to YouTube and look up Yowie Hunters, Yowie Hunters Witness Audio Reports. We have uh, around 180 uh, witness audio reports in there. So that, that, that includes the, the witness telling their story and uh, animations and that kind of thing as well. Generally, generally about 10 minutes to half an hour, but it's a, 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 a visual experience. So pe- 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 people are used to listen, listening to podcasts yeah. and listen to radio shows about the encounters. But this way, you've actually got a visual as well as listening to the, the, the uh, interview as well. So, yeah, we hunters with this audio reports. Awesome. Yes. I'll, I'll look that up. If I can't find it, man, which I'm sure I will. But uh, if I can't find it, send me a link on Facebook Messenger, and I'll put it in the show notes. I'll put all of this in the show notes. Sounds right. good, mate. All right, brother. Have a good night or have a good day. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks, Later, man. brother.
Cheers. Catch ya. All right, that's it for this week, guys. I hope you enjoyed listening to the show. If you just have to have more content, you can go to patreon.com slash the bump podcast and subscribe and be a patron. Uh, got more and more content on there every week. So I hope you enjoy that. Uh, to catch up on past episodes, go to the bumppodcast.com, click the episode tab, and it'll take you to any episode you want to listen to. Also, if you want to be on the show, I would love to have you on. Share your story with us. Go to thebumppodcast.com. Click the holler at me button and holler at me. Send me an email, thebumppodcast at gmail.com. And uh, I'll get you on as fast as we can. All right. Again, thanks for listening. I love you guys. Until next time, don't stop believing.